2: It is indeed time for the Get Right We're Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald, Atatula. Yes, indeed. Ruben Portillo holding it down for you here on your Turn It On, <laughs> Leave It On, Station 105.3 The Fan. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckwreck.com text line 877-881-1053. 877-881-1053 if you want to get in on the conversation with you for the next four hours here And we appreciate you joining us, however and wherever you may be listening to us, whether it be on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DallasFanCam, YouTube, 105 through the fan on YouTube. Make sure you hit the subscribe button while you are there. World Baseball Classic underway, tied at one in the bottom of the second inning as Team USA looks to defend its World Baseball Classic Championship. Stars abound in that particular game. Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Trey Turner, among others, has already gotten to the act with a home run. That's right. That's right.
3: <laughs> he put the eagle in there.
2: That's right. In uh, Lone Depot Park in Miami, Florida. So we'll keep you up to date on everything happening there. Uh, what's up, Rez? Good Tuesday to you, man. Good to see you once again. Good Tuesday. That's yeah. different. I ain't heard of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, man. Uh, feeling good. Feeling great. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, feeling really good about our guests tonight. So excited for our guest tonight at 740. RJ Ochoa of SB Nation's blog. And the boys is going to join us. Levi Weaver. Love the athletic, talking all things Texas Rangers, because it's baseball time in Texas, almost. And (laughs) at 9.20, Grant Afseth of Sports Illustrated, covering the Dallas Mavericks, is going to be joining us, talking Mavericks basketball, because the Mavericks got 10 games to go, and they are an even five hundred and looking rather concerning after what happened last night in Memphis when they blew a 16-point lead On the road, just in time to welcome in Draymond Green, Stephen Curry, and the Golden State Warriors. They're playing
3: on the road. It's fine.
2: Who may not have the Mavericks, Kyrie Irving, or Luka Doncic. So you might want to you know hit the brakes on your whole Stay on the road lawyers you know road slander shout out oh, to you
3: eight. on the truckwreck.com right. text line 877-881-1053 from the 682 happy spring it don't quite look like it outside not yet not today yet. no not today but i'm excited man we we we're, we're in that time period where things bloom Maybe hope blooms. Mm. It's feeling like hope's blooming, at least for me. I can't speak for nobody else. With the Cowboys, because it look like they coming to their senses.
2: They are, and they made some more moves today. Ronald Jones, a two-time Super Bowl champion with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Check. He is now with the Dallas Cowboys signing a one-year deal, the former McKinney North High School product is now back home with the Dallas Cowboys. You can always always come home. You can always come home, and I'm sure he is looking forward to his homecoming here. Achuma Edoga, also offensive lineman, signing a one-year contract with the Dallas Cowboys for some offensive line depth. That happening today as well. So the Cowboys plugging in some holes and filling other spots of need for them when it comes to some running back depth, some offensive line depth, which gets us to our first conversation of the night with this offseason approach that the Cowboys have been taking Reg. Is this a philosophical shift into something that the Cowboys nation and fans and those who love to support this team can expect to see in the future? Or is it just the Cowboys taking advantage of some opportunities given what their roster is and how close they are and what looks like, an NFC East, and an NFC that's right there for the taking?
3: Um, I think it's more of the former. I think this is kind of a change in some ways, right? Like, this is something that you can point to in some ways. Mike McCarthy's teams, the teams that he has coached, have seemed to take this approach where you kind of you paper over the holes that you have, and then you go best player available and just add talent through the draft, right? Um, and so... Now this is a, a, a thought process that's common in the NFL, um, and I also think when you pair that with this organization and what it seems like they like to do, which is always be going, always be going for the for the Super Bowl, right? Um, even, even though I think in the NFL we've gotten to some places where you can't expect thirty-two teams to always be going for the Super Bowl, even though that's how it was for a very long time, at least in my memory, right? So I think that. While some teams are comfortable going to the bottom at times and having tank years or whatever, the Cowboys remain firmly in that every year we are attempting to win a Super Bowl. And with that being the case, if you're going to do that, this is I think this is the way that you go about it. You try and make sure that you have a, you know, you address every need in some way, right? Maybe not the optimal way, but you address every weed and every need in some way. And then you come back and add talent as you can when it comes to um, the draft so I do think that this is in some ways a philosophical shift is it going to remain this way that's a question I have because you let me ask let me ask you a question to kind of further Mm -hmm. what I'm thinking the Cowboys have seemed to like really give a lot in the ways of not necessarily full control but influence in the way that they do things to Mike McCarthy
2: do you see it that way as well I would say more so for Dan Quinn. Okay. Because the amount of faith and confidence that they have in their current defensive coordinator has been evident really from the get-go and has built upon itself over the last couple of years as they continue to strengthen and fortify that defense with their latest addition being Stephon Gilmore to add to the secondary to play alongside Trayvon Diggs. And I think for this team, going into year four for Mike McCarthy of a five-year contract – it appears that the sense of urgency and the moves behind that signal to me that they believe this team is close enough given what the NFC is. And now quarterback number four going into your number eight without his running mate, Ezekiel Elliott, time is of the essence now. And I think the Cowboys looked at some situations where they were able to do it their way by finding deals with Brandon Cooks, deals with Stephon Gilmore, that were friendly to them from a draft capital standpoint, but finding productive players that positions of need needed to be filled at. Yeah, And I think part of this is taking advantage of this moment versus a larger philosophical change and shift for this organization because if that's to be believed that they are taking a, more, a modern step toward team building in the NFL, then that could give you confidence that Steven Jones, who eventually is going to be the face that runs the place – is going to be part of that modern NFL team building, but they'll just continue to do it the way that they want to, but still engage in some of those practices.
3: Because, I mean, this is not this is not a wild shift from what they like doing. They like building through the draft. They like retaining their players. Draft and development. Yeah. I don't think that, that has to shift here. In fact, like it's not like in, I guess, again, I will turn this to you, KG, because you are a big proponent of, hey, man, sometimes you just got to put it on the table, right? Uh, and so you want sometimes to just – Go all in, throw all in, you know, go and make the big, splashy move. And they have not shifted that far, right? All of these moves that they have made, while, you know, economical and in some ways thrifty, right? Some ways they have been, you know, good and they, you know, I, I think we all have some hope for, you know, the, the good value that you can get back on them. But they're all relatively modest, right? Giving up modest draft capital or uh, actually modest payments, mm-hmm. not, e- not giving out big deals and kind of nibbling around the edges to make sure that they're that their spots are full. D- is does this appeal to you? Does this appease you because again, you've been a guy who's who's pounded on the table mm-hmm. for big move, for maybe not Odell as much, but DeAndre yeah. Hopkins, Bobby Wagner, big move and they're not getting there. But this is, in some ways, a shift in the way that they view it.
2: Yeah, it's a step in the right direction. And what I've always lamented was the lack of balance that this team engaged in when it came to team building. It's great to be a draft and development team because, ideally, you want to home grow your stars and then be able to pay them and be able to see the development that benefits you, especially – in rookie deals that you could take advantage of in certain windows, which they did not do with Dak Prescott when he was drafted here in 2016 and the window that was open for them based on what he and Ezekiel Elliott were doing prior to Zeke's contract extension in 2019 and ultimately Dak getting his as far as his long-term deal was concerned. So that, to me, when you see teams like we've seen in the past few years, again, the examples of the Rams and the Bucks and the Eagles, among other teams, make moves Normally, when you're on the road to a championship, a team has made a move or two to put themselves in position to get over the top. The Rams did it when they acquired Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. The Philadelphia Eagles decided to go in on Jalen Hurts on his rookie deal by going to get A.J. Brown. You're in a position with Dak Prescott where you can manipulate the cap, which they've been able to do, you know, freeing up $22 million in space based off his restructuring to be able to make some of these moves and ultimately be in a better position to compete. So that's all that I've wanted. Yes, take some giant swings, especially if there are players who we've heard reportedly in the past, whether it be Jamal Adams, where you could say that they were ultimately vindicated on, but better examples being like a Von Miller or a Bobby Wagner, who have said reportedly that they wanted to come play in Dallas. Sometimes you've got to be able to take a risk in order to be in that better position where other teams are willing to do so. That's where I've always wanted the Cowboys to be, especially if they tell me that the standard for winning around here yeah. is Super Bowls, even though they haven't done it in 27 years. If that's the standard, there are other teams who have taken bigger swings to be in a spot to win said Super Bowls. Now, obviously, they,
3: they've... they been active in a different way than you anticipated, but they've been sure. active in this offseason. Where do you think this puts them? And like, cause again, cornerbacks, really interesting. I think folks, re- this Ronald Jones edition, Ronald Jones isn't premium, right? But now you have that pairing to go.
2: He can be part of a tandem or a trio, if you will. There you go. And they also brought back
3: Rico Dowdle, uh, your edition of the homie Chuma. Uh, Edoga, right? He is probably not like a high-level starter. I think he started 13 games over the last four seasons mm-hmm. between the Jets and the Falcons, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, right? That's not a starting-level dude, right? So Yeah, it's
2: definitely for offensive line depth, for sure, and
3: help. So, like, they've, again, papered over. But, like, the idea of going for the Super Bowl, I think that this is the place where the big additions need to happen. I imagine that that's where they start, where they have to, you know, address it in the draft. So yeah. again, like this isn't a wild shift sure. in the same way to kind of lay that down. I'm interested in seeing how this affects the way that they draft. Well, now they or in if it affects the way that they
2: draft. Yeah, I think it does because you look at where they are now, addressing needs in free agency via the trade market, and now a couple of signings that they've had here. You're now being in a position to draft either best player available or best player available for a position of need. And if that is the way that your board is able to fall to you at 26 and then later in the second round as well, you're now putting yourself in a great spot to have success for guys to contribute right away and not have as much pressure to feel like they can contribute based on what other needs have been filled by veterans who are capable of stepping in right away. So I think from an overall roster and team-building standpoint, you're in a great, great spot now to be able to handle your business the way that you want to. I do want to address this text, though, from the 469. I figured you would. Uh, You guys are already starting the, quote, this is our year campaign, but Dak is coming off his worst year of his career. None of these moves matter if Dak plays bad. Well, here's what you've got to try to put some measure of faith in is the idea that Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer are going to help Dak Prescott be better when it comes to certain decisions when it comes to throwing the football. And you can say, Kevin, it's a little late for that. He's about to be in year eight. If he's not improving some of the decision-making and accuracy issues that we saw in 2022, there really may be no hope for this quarterback. I tend to look at it differently based on the experience that Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer are bringing to the offensive coordinator room and head coaching room when it comes to calling plays for this quarterback, and if you're making things easy for him when it comes to CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks deciding if you want to draft a tight end at 26 or go with what you have with Peyton Hendershot and Jake Ferguson, there's enough there that with cutting down on the turnover problem, your ability to score 25, 26 points a game, you got a defense on the other side that's ready to get after it because among the other moves ever made today with bringing in the running back and the offensive lineman, they re-signed Dante Fowler Jr., who had six sacks six and 343 defensive snaps last year. So the continuity on the defensive side of the ball, I think, gives Mike McCarthy and this offense confidence that if they are able to protect the football and consistently put points on the board, they're going to win a ton of football games and create the kind of complementary football imbalance that I think the Cowboys want to strike and what Mike McCarthy is always talking about. But yeah, Thor's got to be better and be better in the biggest moments in the playoffs. No one is absolving him of criticism when it comes to his play in the playoffs and with the turnovers. No one is. But he has a chance to be able to improve on that. And I think he will in 2023.
3: I think in addition to that, there's like maybe a simpler point to be made in this, right? Regardless of where you think of Dak, Dak stacks up in the quarterback landscape. Even good quarterbacks have a bad year. Yeah. Like, look at your best quarterbacks out there, right? Interceptions and turnovers, like specific, particularly interceptions, haven't been Dak Prescott's, like, problem. This was a bad year, and I'm willing to say, like, when it came to interceptions, definitely a bad year from Dak Prescott. Not so, if you have somebody that's willing to tell you that it wasn't, probably lying to you, right? Not a good year when it came to interceptions. That being the case, like, again, you have a pretty decent sample of the interceptions not being an issue for him. And so, and again, you have seen bad seasons from all sorts of great quarterbacks, right? And so with that being the case, I I feel like it is a reasonable expectation to say that I don't think that that will remain an issue for him. Now, of course, you need to go about trying to make sure that it's not an issue again for him, right? Like you yeah. should not just assume and hope, right? Hope is not a plan but i do not believe that that's going to be the issue for him and again right if you feel like he is not capable of playing at a super high level the objective at that point is to support him with all of the you know all of the support options that you can and you've gone about beginning to do that right um obviously that needs to continue through the draft and with you know the players that you add but yeah i think that you consider all of that in addition to everything that KG has said and I, I don't worry as much about that, although obviously it is very it is very r- correct to say if your quarterback does not play well, it's hard for you to have a good season.
2: Yeah, the one person that I'm not necessarily concerned about is Dak Prescott. And you say, Kevin, how can you say that after he tied Davis Mills with 15 interceptions last season? As Reggie mentioned, that has never really been the M.O. of Dak Prescott to turn over the football. And the one thing that I'll leave it at this with you remember that one time when that one quarterback from Los Angeles led the NFL in interceptions and his team won the Super Bowl? Yeah, that happened. Matthew Stafford led the led the NFL in interceptions, but I believe 17 that year, and his team still won the Super Bowl. Hall of Famer let people tell
3: him. <laughs> I'm never letting that go, by
2: the way. It's an, it annoys me so much. My point is, you've got a team that's on a very short list of teams that you can legitimately see making the Super Bowl. Your quarterback doesn't turn the football over. You're going to be right there with the best teams in the NFL to be able to make it happen. That's a fun- a function of how weak the NFC the NFC is, but more so based on the talent that you have right now if you're the Dallas Cowboys. Stick so it right. We're Reggie KG right here on 105 through The Fan. Coming up next, we go around the National Football League. A New England Patriots says goodbye. And we'll go around the NFL next on The Get Right.
4: About to
2: go around the NFL here on the Get Right Revenge of KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Ruben Portillo holding it down for you here on your Turn It On and Leave It On Station. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. Coming up here in about 17 minutes, R.J. Ochoa of SB Nation's blog and the boys is going to join us here via the Diamond Factory hotline to give us his perspective on the Cowboys offseason thus far and how he feels about the Cowboys heading into the NFL draft at Kevin Gray sports at Reg at a Tula on Twitter. Interesting on the trekreg.com text line from the a
3: 17 They say UNT isn't winning anymore and they blame us for not shouting them out. KG.
2: Uh, we did during the crosstalk with uh, the G bag nation. I thought, yeah,
3: but that's G bag nation. You got to, you got to mention that the UNT is playing in the NIT quarterfinal versus Oklahoma state. They're in Stillwater and the score is currently 37 to 36 in favor of Oklahoma state. With about 13 minutes left in the second half. And as soon as I say that, oh, I was about to say, that was going to work out really nicely if he made if they that They scored a
2: bucket. bucket. Oh, yeah. that'd have
3: been so good. You was just hoping, wasn't you? And they just missed two bunnies. Still, All right. Still didn't happen. I tried. I tried for one <laughs> I did.
2: Stars in action tonight as they host the Seattle Kraken. Your stars 38 19 and 13 on the season, Kraken 38 24 and 7 on the year. Jake Ottinger. Fourth goaltender in franchise history. back to back 30 win seasons. So, looking forward to watching the stars get after it tonight at the double AC. Ruben, let's go around the NFL, NFL, though, right here on the get right uh, as we do. Wait a minute. What happened? That's not what we're supposed to be doing right now. Oh, it's not. He just completely messed up the run sheet. I completely messed it up. That's oh, fantastic. My goodness. What? Okay. You can, you can cut,
3: the, cut the music. Yeah, you can cut the music. Do you want to you want to pull people behind the curtain and explain yourself?
2: Yeah, so I <laughs> messed up the segment there. I definitely teased around the NFL.
3: Um, and that's also my fault for not listening to your tease. But, like, my earbuds were messing
2: up, mm-hmm. so I needed to get a little switch going mm-hmm. in those. Yeah. Because we're going to talk some Mavericks basketball, actually. hmm So apologies to Carter Freeman when he gets the run sheet. Actually, no, because no, the, the run, run sheet is right. I right. was yeah. just wrong. Yeah. You just
3: really wanted to go around the NFL.
2: I Yeah, it just, it just got so ingrained in my head, like switching up the show sheet. Anyway, we're going to talk about the Mavericks because the Mavericks have 10 games left. I like how this is transitioning beautifully right now. Not really. But at the same time, 10 just, games left, we're going to just move half right on through it. Yep. 72 games in. Mm-hmm. Mavericks welcome in the Golden State Warriors tomorrow. I'm so glad you caught that. The Golden State Warriors tomorrow with Stephen Curry. Clearly not early enough. <laughs> Clearly not. Because I early went through enough. a whole tease and everything, yeah, and got yeah, yeah, yeah. the music going, and they're
3: like, "Wait a minute, what happened to the music?" You can tell the times that I am and am not paying attention. <laughs> no one's dying. <laughs> that's right. You know what? That's fair. That's a, That's a good outlook in this moment in particular. Just because we teased the wrong segment, nobody's going to die. On that's
2: that. elite drop work right that's there, right. Ruben. Elite drop work. Nope. Nope. Not again. What does success look like? You want to just bounce back and forth between segments? (laughs) You want to do that? Do a little NFL, do a little Mavericks, do a little NFL, little Mavericks? No, no, no. Uh, There we go. And by the way, UNT is back up. Hey, hey, how about that? So you just need to shout them out, KG. See? God is great. That's right. That's right, man. What does success look like for the Mavericks now? (laughs) Because it doesn't look like anything I'm doing on this broadcast at all at this point. It doesn't matter. That's right. I know. Look,
3: man, it's it's like
2: 730. We chilling.
3: We are we we having a good time. You got some elite drop work happening right now, Ruben. Congratulations. Yeah, we're just giving him more fodder. So, <laughs> uh, what oh, does God. success look like? I was Shout out to Bibbs Corner on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bibbs doing fantastic work. I was very interested in something they were doing earlier today, just kind of going through the Western landscape and looking around, and we will talk more about the the bigger Western landscape earlier, but really just kind of trying to get a feel for what fans felt was the expectations for their teams and when they got to the Mavericks it was like what 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 is you know can they break through you know obviously defense non-existent but re, you know a lot of a lot of great scoring and all those things could the Mavs be a sleeper western conference team or do you wish they tanked or what have you and i just wonder what does success look like because last week last year rather success probably was winning a winning the first round series and you ended up you know passing that uh what does success look like right now? Because obviously you have Luka Doncic who is, you know, ailing with that that thigh injury that clearly is dealing he's dealing a lot with. I, I anticipated he'd be back sooner than this, and we haven't really seen the end of the tunnel on this. Kyrie Irving. Dealing with a nagging foot slash ankle injury, right? Tim Hardaway Jr. having a nagging injury, right? All these things, and those are probably your triumvirate of dudes that are going to get buckets in a game plan where you need to go get buckets. And even if they come back, we were already discussing the way that this team needed to define their, you know, their game, their rhythm as they were getting towards the playoffs. So even if they all do come together before this thing. Gets they are going into the playoffs with not you know not the maximum amount of time to figure out what they're doing. Is it is it one game series or is it one game? Is it one series? Is it multiple series? Is it a particular style of play? To, if if they kind of get it together, yeah. What, what are you looking for for success here?
2: Well, before we go forward, let's rewind back a little bit, okay? Because coming into this season, this team acquire Christian Wood. They signed JaVale McGee to a multi-year deal. And the prevailing thought was coming out of last year's Western Conference Finals was that you needed to have a little bit more size, a little bit more rebounding. And then you had to replace the production that was Jalen Brunson with his departure to going to the Big Apple. And coming in, you thought, well, Luka at the center of all of this with better rebounding, building on the defense that this team was able to play last year especially during the second half of the year that this was an M.O. and a foundation this team could build upon going into this year and that simply did not take place. Now we think about the injuries this team suffered Josh Green missing 20-plus games with an elbow injury. Maxi Kleba missing over 40 games with his right hamstring mm-hmm. tear. Luka Doncic being in and out of the lineup through various ailments throughout the course of the year. And then you decide to make a blockbuster trade and moving on from Spencer Dinwiddie and one of your franchise stalwarts and Dorian Finney-Smith to take a run at a Kyrie Irving to try and increase the ceiling. Which, in turn, you decided to change your entire course of offensive basketball in a lot of ways by introducing Kyrie to a luca centric offense. And with them not having been on the floor together, right. it's taken some time for this to work out. So ultimately, what success, what we thought was going to look like coming into this year, has changed and flipped. For, to me, success now looks like winning a first-round series. Okay, Because the lack of defense this team plays, their inability to rebound while having to now outscore teams every single night, you can only go so far as you get deeper into the playoffs with this kind of play, even with two of the 15 best players in the league right now in Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. If you can't defend the soul, I don't care how much offense you put up. By the time you get to shorten rotations in the playoffs, you're going to see a lot of the teams, other teams' best players on a more consistent basis, which means they'll most likely have better defenses than what the Mavericks are putting out right now.
3: That's interesting Uh, on the Twitch chat, Strategic Insomnia said, I just want a shot get to the playoffs and a shot uh, with health. Okay Um, I think that's interesting. We also have this, let's go down this path. Mm Mm-hmm uh, from the eight one seven would say success looks like having a coach who knows not to uh, knows how to call a timeout. From the four zero five, let's be honest, problem is the same as the rest. Uh, I don't know exactly what you're talking about there, but giving up on the Mavericks due to their idiot coach who apparently don't doesn't want them to win. How does Jason Kid fit into what success looks like for this team? Because for me, I would like to start to ha- see what the path forward is. Because I think I've laid it out pretty clearly. I believe Kyrie Irving remains on this team. And so the question is no longer how do you build around Luka. It becomes how do you build around Luka and Kyrie. What's the best plan of team building and what's the best plan of play style. And I would like to have some idea, and this might be high-minded thinking, um, that this front office between Mark Cuban, Nico Harrison, and the head coach and Jason Kidd have some idea and are demonstrating the idea of what the optimal build of this team is because I think we're all in the place where we don't think that they're a championship team this year. Mm-hmm. Which I, agreed. I, yeah, we we some of us got there earlier than others, mm-hmm. but again, we're all in that place at this point. So like, you continue to build forward. You got the two star system that you wanted. Now, what does this team look like around them? I would like if this if this triumvirate of you know decision makers can start to show us and start to have an idea of what the what the right build of this team is because I haven't been able to feel that they have any idea on this and that scares me more than just the idea that they're not going to be a champion this year.
2: Yeah, I think part of that is too is you don't know which team that you're going to get from night to night. Are you going to get the team that can knock down 15, 16 threes in a game and drop a th- 130 points on you? Or are you going to get the team that we've seen at times not be able to defend inconsistency when it comes to some of their young players even though we've seen the emergence of Josh Green in a lot of different areas there's still some inconsistencies at times Jaden Hardy still working through his growth and development on this team on the fly given the way this team has had to deal with injuries and then ultimately as you know people have brought up on the chartread.com text line 877-881-1053 Jason Kidd and whether or not this coach at this moment is equipped, based on what we have seen throughout the course of the year, be able to help turn this thing around by the time we get to the playoffs. Because I don't know about you, there were real questions going into the final few weeks of the season on whether or not this coach right now is being able to handle what he needs to for his team. Let his team tell it from a player's perspective. They don't mind what's happening here, and they believe Jason Kidd is coaching them the right way that they need to be coached. But on the outside, looking in, doesn't look like there's a lot to be positive about when it comes to this team. They've got 10 games to change it, and a two- or three-game win streak could have you in the top four of the West by the time things are all said and done for the rest of the regular season here.
3: So there's a lot of different things happening, and like I appreciate all the input. I'm trying to find the best way to address some of the things that you guys are talking about but also have, like, this full conversation. Um, some of the folks are talking about how, you know, stars shine bright in the playoffs. You have two, two stars, so, like, maybe the idea is just get to the playoffs and l- allow them to cook. Um, there's also a question about whether, like, Jason Kidd's, how he's viewed the consensus of him around the league. And that's an interesting question, because I, I think, for the most part, people like Jason Kidd. I just don't know that they view him as, like, an otherworldly coach, but I mean, there's only a few of those to begin with.
2: The co- the thing I've always had with coaches is whether it be the NFL, the NBA, whatever, are your coaches the have the ability to do be a plus for you. Do they add to what you're able to bring from an X's and L standpoint or from a management of roster standpoint? And last year you would have
3: said yes, absolutely, because you took a team that did not have defensive talent and made them a defensive team.
2: Mm-hmm. And this year that simply has not been the case. Well, you say, Kevin, the personnel has changed quite a bit Yeah, because you don't have a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith here to help bring some of that defensive edge that they had last year. There's just a lot of questions. And for me, I think where I ultimately land is for the final 10 games – What is the identity that you're going to build upon from now until the end of the year that you're going to ride with? Are you going to ride with going all in, scoring 140 and trying to outscore teams in that way? I don't know that they're that they're necessarily right. Jason Kidd has said that,
3: but I still see him maybe throwing out lineups that are attempts at defense at times. And I understand you got to have some level of defense, but yeah, I don't know. But based on this roster construction, you need to pick one. I'm also trying to like give him some grace because at some point like you only got so much to work with. Mhm. And I understand that a lot of this a lot of the annoyance is just he be talking to us crazy. You know what I mean? But oof, I identity might be it. Yeah. I think that's the if they can figure out some sort of identity, I think that might be success.
2: Like pick a lane and go for it. Yeah. Especially once Kyrie and Luka get healthy, pick a lane and go. Because at this point, what you got to lose in the Western Conference is as tight as it is. You don't have much to lose. So, we'll see. The Mavericks get back on the floor tomorrow when they take on Stephen Curry and the Golden State Warriors at the American Airlines Center. Coming up next on the Get Right with Reggie KGM 105 through the fan. RJ Ochoa actually is coming on the show. Like, actually on the run sheet. You sure? That's what it says. Yeah, but did you make sure? I did. I looked at it not once, but twice. Okay. Now, I've done it three times. RJ Ochoa of SB Nations Blogging the Boys next on the Get Right. Back here on the Get Right, Rebecca KG on 105 3 of the Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, yep. Ruben Portillo holding it down for you here. About to be joined by RJ Ochoa of SB Nations Blogging the Boys here in just a moment via the Diamond Factory hotline. Coming up at the top of the hour, we get back into the NBA conversation. With 10 games left, how do we gauge the NBA's Western Conference? Because it is tight. Tight, tight right now with just a couple of weeks left in the regular season. At Kevin Grace Sports, at Reg, at Atula. Right now, we go to the Diamond Factory Hotline where we welcome in the manager and editor-in-chief for SB Nation's blog and the boys. And, of course, one of our favorites because, like myself and Reg, love of Manchester United flows all through his veins. He is, of course, RJ Ochoa. RJ, glory, glory. Good to hear from you once again. How are you?
5: I'm doing great, guys. Happy Tuesday night. Um, I hope you had something delicious for lunch that was nutritious, but also made you feel like you were living life a little bit.
3: Not at all nutritious, but it was delicious. So one for two. I think that that works. Um, I think the Cowboys also doing doing some interesting things in the off season. First of all, like just from a general thirty thousand foot view, how do you feel about this approach that the Cowboys have taken, where they are basically just papering over all their needs, and then I assume going best player available in the in the draft.
5: Yeah, I mean, um, I I do think that it's so cool that we are maybe a little bit exaggerating, you know, our memories of the past, right? Like, maybe, you know, we're acting like, oh, man, these dudes do absolutely nothing, which I understand um, has been true a lot. Um, But, you know, they've been 12 and 5 last two years, all the normal stuff. But, I mean, ultimately, I mean, holy crap, like uh i feel like um i don't know if you guys remember after the movie castaway came out there was um there was a commercial remember he had that package on the island Mm -hmm. that had the like wings painted on it and there was a commercial where the guy like that was tom hanks had his like you know beard all growing out like he had literally just gotten off the island and he took the package to the woman it was addressed to and she was like awesome i was waiting for this for like three years and she opened it and inside there was like a satellite phone um, and like all this equipment that he could have used literally on the island that he didn't open. <laughs> and I kind of feel like that woman, like you know what I mean? Like, wow, this is like what it's like. Like we're opening all this equipment that like is so useful and necessary and kind of fun. Um, Stephon, I feel like we were we were tapped out after the Gilmore. Tree, we were like we're good. Even after the Donovan Wilson and Leighton Vander's resigning, we're good. Our Cup runneth over. Um, but now to have everything happening the way it is, I mean. Um, I feel like a kid in a candy store.
2: So now as we spin it forward for this team, based on what they have done so far, what do you want to see them do next? Is there a move or two that is still out there that you could say that this will continue to put them in a better position in the NFC and the NFC is going into next year?
5: I think if we measure practicality, um, I don't think that there's anything that's fair to say I have to have this. If you want to trade for DeAndre Hopkins, cool. If you want to sign Bobby Wagner, fine. I mean, like, I, but I don't think there's, like, a, a thing, and that's not trying to be conservative or that's not trying to not be aggressive. But, I mean, y- y'all said it. I mean, they have positioned themselves very well. They are well-stocked. They are well-prepared. I mean, it is, you know, it, it's, it's, it's this, is, this is the life. I mean, this is what we've kind of been screaming is easy to do. And they did it. I mean, they have added two starters to their team at an extremely low cost. And we haven't even reached opening day of the MLB season yet. I mean, that's a huge win in my book. Um The, the last, you know, last year, I mean, the, their first sort of intended starter was what Tyler Smith. And we were like, well, where is he going to start? Is he going to start? Like, this is a terrible plan. And so, I mean, they are so far and ahead, you know, further past where they've been in seasons past. They've been successful in those years. So it's exciting to think about what this is going to yield. All
3: right. So, R.J., does that mean that you do not feel like uh, there's a move necessary to be made for defensive tackle? And I'm telling you that I'm asking because we've got folks asking us and defensive tackle was definitely a spot that was needed to be improved last season. And they did so in the middle of the year by... Making sure to trade for Hankins, right? And now that man is still a free agent. Obviously, there's a possibility that he returns. That's that's still within play. But no, no ideas or no uh, no eyes towards a move for maybe another economical deal for a defensive tackle or something, someone like that.
5: I mean, if they bring Hankins back, I feel you know. I mean, that, I'm I'm sort of operating under the assumption. I mean, there's a lot of you know Twitter talk that like that's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it just kind of feels like a matter of dotting the i and crossing the t. Um, And so, I mean, assuming he's back, like, again, what more could you want? Like, yeah, you can always want more and more and more, but like, this isn't season four of succession, right? Like, you know, we can be satisfied, (laughs) you know, with everything that we've been given so far. I mean, and and we don't have to be ridiculous or ludicrous. I mean, it's hard right now. It was hard, you know, what, eight days ago to look at the Cowboys and, and not think that they were one of the contending teams in the NFC. They've only strengthened their cause. I mean, the Eagles didn't lose as much as I think we thought they were going to. The Packers, it's a matter of time, time until Aaron Rodgers is gone. The Vikings have kind of withered. I mean, who is – like, okay, the Niners. Okay, cool. But they are loading up to go back to San Francisco to beat the Niners or whoever it is. I mean, the Niners are a metaphorical team to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they want to bring in Jonathan Hankins by all means. But don't forget, Isaac Galakon switched the defensive line. So, I mean, That's you know. All right. To be- all guy.
2: right.
3: Okay, so you got him starting uh, day one. I like it. I, I like it. <laughs> no defense of it. Okay, fantastic. No, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't, I didn't RJ Ochoa that, blogging the boys joining us right here on five three. The Fan. Now, RJ, um, within this context, we've obviously talked a lot about Mike McCarthy taking the reins on this offense. Now that we have all the pieces, you got Brandon Cooks, in tow you've added you know you've brought back Rico Dowdle you have uh, Ronald Jones obviously there you could still end up getting a running back what does this offense look like to you largely fully formed
5: I mean C. D. Lamb has become the alpha right um, I mean it's hard to imagine Michael Gallup not being better just because the bar is a, a little easy to clear uh, as far as last year Brandon Cooks, I mean, super quietly, you know, we did a lot of stuff at DTB. I know you guys did too about how productive he's been. Um, So, I mean, you have to imagine, I mean, even if Gallup is a wash, I mean, you know, I think we all believe that Brandon Cooks is a much superior option to T.Y. Hilton or Jalen Tolbert or whoever it was. And then who knows what you get from Tolbert or Simi Fajoko. I mean, I'm very interested to see what happens at tight end. I don't buy the Dalton Kincaid stuff or whatever, but I mean, it all is kind of incidental to me. And I mean, I, I, I'm a little bit in the minority, I think, on this take. I know everybody's like, you know, last week it was like, oh, man, how does Dak feel about Zeke and everything? And I'm incredibly sensitive to that, and I'm sure it's very difficult. But I kind of like this, this offseason that the Cowboys are putting together relative to Dak. Like, everybody's like, well, they got rid of all his friends. Like, Kellen's gone and Zeke's gone and, you know, Dalton Schultz is a guy. I kind of like it. I, I kind of like ruffling the feathers a little bit and making things feel a little bit uncomfortable. I think about this a lot. Um, you know, y'all's own Bobby Bell once uh, brought up the line from The 40-Year-Old Virgin uh, when Steve Carell's character is, like, having romantic issues uh, and the guy at the video store is, is trying to tell him, like, you got to do this, you got to do that. And, and Steve Carell says, man, but, you know, it just feels so so wrong. It doesn't feel right. And, and the, you know, his friend goes, dude, I mean, right isn't working out for you. Like, maybe you got to try some wrong. And so, like, in a metaphorical sense, I kind of feel like that's what's happening here. Like, shake things up a bit. I'm a fan.
2: It's a great movie. That's a great reference.
5: <laughs> so, well, it was Bobby's, but if if you tell him, tell him it
2: was mine. Not but Bobby gets enough credit. I don't need to give him anymore. Uh, we'll right. just say came, you you came up with the uh, the analogy there. Um, okay, so I'm interested in this in your philosophy on this as we head toward the NFL draft. Now that the Cowboys have put together some really nice things here so far, you know, via the trade market. Are you BPA guy? or a BPA guy at position of need when it comes to the NFL draft?
5: I'm BPA guy, non-quarterback BPA. Um, And BPA is also like, you know, BPA is a little bit too short of of the acronym that I'm looking for, like best player available within the context of your team and NFL roster building. I don't know what that, you know, acronym winds up being, but so
2: it's like shield or something. It's too many letters.
5: Right, 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 exactly. Uh Miss me with the B. John Robinson stuff. Not in. Really? Not in here for it. You Ooh, know, whatever. Okay. Like not. A, I. I mean, I know that we've gone a little bit far with the running back soul matter thing, but I'm fine living on on this end of the spectrum after where we've been for the last seven years. Um But so yeah, I mean, it, whoever the best non-quarterback is, I, I have a really difficult time imagining how that pick doesn't make sense. And. Look, we're all optimistic, and and we've sat here, and we've rightly and and very deservedly given the front office their flowers, but it is possible that that this season sucks, right, and that they're bad and that they make a decision to move on at head coach or maybe they decide to start moving on at quarterback. And so, you know, I want to have the best players available to kind of start over if we have to do that. I mean, give me the materials, and and we can kind of figure this out. Like, don't make this a load-bearing wall if i got to blow it out and turn this family room into like a den or something in the future.
2: So if B. John Robinson is sitting there at 26, you're not taking him.
5: I mean, there is some necessary context for like, what does the board look like, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I would say, you know, generally speaking, no. Um, And again, I find it hilarious that, you know, we, we just, Got out of the pool. Mm-hmm. Guys, we've been soaking <laughs> right. wet, yep. and we just got out. And y'all are like, "Yo, the lake is right down the road. Let's go for a <laughs> swim." Man, my my fingers are wrinkled. They look like raisins. I need to dry off and get some food. Like I have no interest in swimming anymore.
3: Yeah, but you don't got to pay the lake sixteen million a year. You know what I mean? Like this is just a little different, ain't it?
5: I mean. That, that is a fair argument, and that's why like it it's not like a hundred percent or i don't a hundred percent disagree with it. I would say i'm maybe seventy five to eighty percent against it, and I will admit that some of that is the emotional you know scars um and, and the scars do remind me that the pain is real um obviously, but uh the emotional scars of the last few years, and you know i I think it's been a really Interesting week to see Cowboys fans talk. And I, I think, again, some people have, have acted like Zeke was never a, an elite player. He really was. I mean, like, you know, there was a point in time where it looked like they defied the odds. Like, they, you know, peed into the wind as far as taking a running back, you know, with with the fourth overall pick. It just, it, you know, it can't live forever. Two a.m. hits and then the bar closes and you got to go home at some point.
3: RJ, did you do a bracket and how's it looking?
5: Uh, I did. I picked Kansas. I also picked my <laughs> Aggies. Uh, to meet the Longhorns, and I was all prepared to talk all sorts of crap, and didn't even get the chance. So mm-hmm. thanks for reminding me of that, Reggie. And I'm not upset or sore or salty at all. Thank you so much. Really
3: you're appreciate very, that. You're very welcome. I like I like reminding people that they don't know what they're doing. Well, at least none can, of us do.
2: Well, at least he can picking. fall back on the idea that Jose Altuve is playing. Oh wait, that's right. Wow,
3: that right. was messy. That's right. That was real messy. Hey guys, that's right.
2: Look.
5: Y'all are the home of the Rangers and, and everything, so like I want to be cool, mm-hmm. but um, at least Minute Maid Ballpark is like a, a pretty ballpark, right? It's not just like tin wow. box or whatever you guys want to call that thing. So,
2: wow. Well, you come see our food here at uh, Globe Life Globe Life uh, Field, and uh, you'll I'm sure you'll have something else to say about you know how good everything is around here.
5: I'm sure the food's great. I'm right. talking about the aesthetic. What's it look like when they do a drone shot outside? It looks ugly. Okay, we, we can all admit it. it. Looks ugly. <laughs>
3: You just got RJ lashing out now. You see what you did? Mine was playful. Yours was
2: mean. I, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. Spaceball time in Texas. RJ Ochoa of SB Nation's blog and the boys going to join us here on the Get Right. We got Manchester United. We always have that in that right, RJ? We always have that.
5: I mean we also have the Dallas Cowboys like and, and we of course talked about them you know for a long time but That's yeah right. Dallas Cowboys Manchester United we already got a trophy boys like I don't know why people aren't congratulating mm. the 3 of us I mean, cause we already have a trophy <laughs> in the case this year.
3: cuz it's the Caribbean <laughs> Cup dog what are we doing <laughs>
5: Dude, even if it's the Caribbean <laughs> Cup, like are you are you hating on the Caribbean now? I mean like, like I'm, <laughs> No, that, I'm, that was like, a joke
3: because Carabao is such a nonsense name.
5: <laughs> I know. You know what, Reggie, your homework? Go go rewatch Pirates, the greatest movie score of all time. That theme song slaps. I don't care where you are, what wow. you're doing. If you're if you're on the treadmill, it'll
2: it'll make you up the intensity a little bit.
3: Okay. I'm I'm just going to let you know right now because I don't like lying to folks. I will not be watching Pirates. I might listen to the theme.
2: It's, And it's not a personal shot to you. He doesn't watch anything that any any of us ever suggest to him, Mm-mm. RJ. So That's right. Don't take it personally, okay? Listen, Love you, though. Listen
5: to the main main theme song. I promise it, it will it will make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. That's all I'll say.
2: <laughs> RJ, appreciate the time, my guy. We'll talk to you later. Y'all have a good night. There he goes. RJ Ochoa of SB Nation's blogging the boys. I was just mean-spirited
3: by you. I couldn't help it.
2: I I mean, I thought it was like topical, you know, brackets, how that's
3: going. Baseball,
2: world baseball classic.
3: Honestly, if he had said that he picked Arizona, I wouldn't have laughed. But Kansas, you know, it's an obligation.
2: Coming up next. Sorry,
3: Kansas fans.
2: You don't have to do that. The get right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. With 10 games left, because this is what the run sheet actually says. With 10 games left, let's gauge the temperature of the Western Conference, Dallas. (laughs) Do it next on the get right. How
0: powerful is Cox Internet?